0: Shall we read a poem from a light in the eye? Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ.
1: And I'm Lauren. Well. Yeah.
0: It's uh, been a week.
1: Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been just under a week since 19 children and two teachers were killed at an elementary school in Texas, murdered, gunned down.
0: And no one is going to do a thing about it.
1: Yeah.
0: And Jim Jeffrey's take was always my favorite on that one, when he said Australia and Canada had a uh, mass shooting event, and they said, whoa, we should probably take away guns. And then they both did that. And then the U.S., in uh 2022 that is 27 school shootings in the u.s not a great number
1: not good
0: and they say maybe we should get rid of some guns and no can't, can't do that some people are
1: saying well schools are the problem we should just homeschool
0: my other favorite gqp take is arm all the teachers and students
1: Oh yeah, more guns will do it, for sure. The answer to guns is more guns. The Onion has been republishing the headline, No Way to Prevent This, says only nation where this regularly happens since 2014, and this time they had that as the headline as every single article on their page. And then my friend today on Facebook, she posted a meme on that subject. And it is the Simpsons meme that is the class. Say the line, Onion. Yeah, say the line, Onion. And then Bart looking down, no way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens. And then the classroom celebrates. Because, (laughs) I mean, we were all waiting for it. It's true. We're all, yep, yep, we were waiting for it. That we we all wanted to see that onion headline.
0: We've tried nothing, and it hasn't worked. Well, Texas is leading, uh, unsurprisingly, leading the nation. And it is a gubernatorial election this year, and I wish it would make a difference, but it won't.
1: I did like that Beto interrupted Abbott's press conference and told him it was his fault.
0: I liked that, too. And the GQP... Didn't like it. And that's who votes in Texas.
1: I'm glad at least for a moment civility was over. (laughs) I'm so sick of civility. Everybody being like, oh, we have to go by the processes. And, you know, don't make this political. And, you know, don't interrupt a press conference. And at least someone was like, no. (laughs) I." What a small thing to interrupt a press conference. And yet it is the most that anybody is doing. Well...
0: (laughs) What are we talking about?
1: I am doing always sprinkle pepper. Always sprinkle pepper in your hair. Always sprinkle pepper in your hair. For then, if you're kidnapped by a wild barbazop who sells you to a ragged hag who wants you for her soup, she'll pick you up and sniff you. And then she'll sneeze, achoo, and say, my tot, You're much too hot. I fear you'll never do. And with a shout, she'll throw you out. And you'll run away from there. And soon you'll be safe at home, a-sittin' in your chair. If you always, 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 always sprinkle pepper in your hair. And the photograph is a child looking concerned and looking upward as he shakes some black flakes into his long floppy hair.
0: Does this have anything to do with ineffective safety advice?
1: Yes. But also, not just safety. Well, it has to do with the idea that we can make things safe. Mm. This Shel Silverstein childhood poem is about making up dangers and then having made-up solutions for them. And it's fun to scare children and tell them about the monsters under the bed and such and tell them that if they just do so-and-so, they'll be protected from them. Older kids love doing it to younger kids, and even parents do it to kids. And it's a time-honored tradition of scaring the bejesus out of (laughs) offspring for who knows what reasons. Spite spite I don't know but also it had does have to do with ineffective methods of safety such as telling women how not to get raped as if they had any control over the situation I should say telling selling people not get raped because it doesn't just happen to women I think of in my childhood my I would have lots of different anxieties of terrible things that would happen to me and such as a murderer coming into my bedroom and stabbing me in the middle of the night. I lived out in a rural area, in a very safe rural area where nothing of the sort was ever going to happen, (laughs) and my dad would give me a reasonable assurance of safety, and I was reasonably safe for uh, throughout my childhood, and I was thinking about if I were to ever have children, how I wouldn't be able to say the same thing, or if I did, I'd be lying, Yeah, because children are not safe at school. They're not safe from climate change. None of us are safe from climate change and the natural, natural disasters that are inevitably going to come. We're not safe from disease the way we were when I was younger. So we might as well tell people to put pepper in their hair just to help them feel safe, even if they're not. Do we need to feel safe?
0: Have we ever? Were, were you of the generation that still had atomic bomb drills? No. I remember this was probably... I think they stopped ki- maybe after like I was in first or second grade, but I remember duck and cover drills.
1: The only drill I ever had was fire drills.
0: No, I remember duck and cover drills for bombs. I remember tornado drills where we got in the hallway and put books over the backs of our heads. And now you have active shooter drills where the best you can do is huddle in a classroom. I mean... No, no, would would getting under a desk protect me from an atomic bomb? Of course not. Like, it's, it's all just preposterous. Let's look like we're doing something and not actually fix anything.
1: Well, I mean, it could potentially protect you from some falling debris.
0: Well, does huddling in a classroom help prevent mass shootings?
1: Clearly not. <sighs> oh, and that's another thing. We have to worry about <laughs> nuclear war again. That was something that, through most of my childhood... I could reasonably assured wouldn't happen, and now, mm, not so much.
0: Like if you have a kid today, you are a sadist.
1: Well, thanks to places like Texas, people won't really get to choose anymore.
0: Yep. Another take I saw was (laughs) they're forcing them to have kids so they can replace all the ones they lose in school shootings.
1: And to COVID. I think I'm still musing over whether or not feeling safe is required for a decent standard of living. And when I mean, I guess, decent mental health or something, or if I'm sure there were many times in human life when people did not feel nearly as safe as we were when we were kids. So was it, is it necessary to feel safe? Can we figure out a way of moving forward where we live Lives that aren't completely miserable and never feel safe again?
0: I think it would take maybe a generational shift. Like, do we need to feel safe? No, of course not. I mean, how often did our our way, way back ancestors feel safe? And I mean, as far as like chemically, it's going to up your cortisol, but we have plenty of that anyway. Mm. But I think we have an expectation that things should be better and maybe it's a naive one but you know if you have a kiddo who grows up today and the first two years of their lives were wearing masks well maybe the idea of feeling safe is going to be foreign to them
1: i do want to reiterate that it's not the masks that's the problem if anybody
0: is confused (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah no i like but that was a new normal Right. and for adu- and for adults that was uh you know for well I should say for western adults that was a big old shift and kids are malleable you get well, for for them it's like well this is a strange new thing but i don't have a wealth of experience to draw on so it's just the new thing and now it's like well when i go to school i might get shot and maybe that becomes background noise
1: whenever i go into a place like a grocery store i always look for the exits I didn't used to sure. do that.
0: I think I would feel... I was talking about naivete earlier, and like I just wish people would use this as a catalyst for change, but, you know.
1: Well, I mean, if you we, and I aren't, we're just kind of shrugging our shoulders and being like, nothing can be done, then I guess that's not going to happen.
0: Well, unfortunately, I can only vote in federal elections these days.
1: Yeah. I don't think voting's... The complete answer at all.
0: Is, so, it's, is it vigilantism now?
1: I don't like that word, but <laughs> 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 anyway, Rudd, are you? What are you doing today, Russ? I'm doing tired. Mm.
0: I've been working so hard, you just wouldn't believe, and I'm tired. There's so little time and so much to achieve, and I'm tired. I've been. Lying here, holding the grass in its place, pressing a leaf with the side of my face, tasting the apples to see if they're sweet, counting the toes on a centipede's feet. I've been memorizing the shape of that cloud, warning the robins to not chirp so loud, shooing the butterflies off the tomatoes, keeping an eye out, For floods and tornadoes. I've been supervising the work of the ants. And thinking of pruning the cantaloupe plants. Timing the sun to see what time it sets. Calling the fish to swim into my nets. And I've taken 12,041 breaths and i'm tired and the image is a a, a, a sort of little tuft of grass with two feet poking out of it and a butterfly flitting around
1: well russ why oh why why (laughs) might have you picked this poem
0: the, the surface read is that we're all tired, but yeah. <laughs> I, the, the, that wasn't what brought me to it. Um, also, the fact that he's not actually doing anything is, I think, is cute. But what brought, what drew me to it was the breaths of all things. Hmm. And the little narrator's mention of I've taken 12,041 breaths, and then all the nothing that they're doing in this poem. And so I started thinking about, you know, a lifetime in breaths and how many breaths all our little 19 kiddos and two teachers won't get to take now, and then milestones and things being done and what adds up to a life and all those kind of philosophical thoughts. And so I figured I would start simply, and I would learn that uh, your average human being takes between 7 and 10 million breaths per year.
1: Hmm. That seems like a lot if of work.
0: That seems like a lot of work. And if this little individual has taken 12,041 breaths, it means they've been awake for about half a day. Hard work. When I read it the first time, I uh, I miscounted, and so w- when I read twelve thousand forty-one breaths, I thought that was how many they had taken in their lifetime. Oh, um, but then I thought it was like twelve million breaths, and I was like, oh, so like just over a year old, and no, it, I had it all wrong.
1: It's in a day. It's in a day. It's a little bit like Seasons of Love from Rent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then I ran across a couple of um, articles that I enjoyed. One because it was powered entirely by capitalism, and uh, the other because it was decrying the notion of life milestones and where you should be and what you should be doing at any given point in time.
1: Well, whatever it is I should be doing, I haven't done it.
0: <laughs> well, you well you own a house.
1: I do that. Well, I had a, a lot That's of financial a big one. help doing
0: so this first one I'll, I'll start with the with the downer and the stupid one because i think it's funny and also because it's being reported on by the mirror and this study was commissioned by amigo loans a subsidiary of amigo holdings which is the largest loan provider in the uk and so it was commissioned entirely for you know Estimating accomplishments and wealth and how much people would be holding at that at any given point in their lives, but it was a big old survey about when people in the UK accomplished certain goals. And so the first one was your first kiss, and the average age was 15, and for me it was 16. So first full time job was at 19. My first full time job was. I guess I was 21.
1: I think I was 22.
0: Passing one's driving test, 20.
1: Huh, interesting. Well, that's the UK.
0: That is the UK. I think I was 15. First holiday with a partner. Oh, that is 23. Golly, I'm going to have to think about that one.
1: Probably 19?
0: I was probably 26 or seven. Ooh, be a best man probably about 34 for me uh for people in the uk it was 23 wow
1: my friends aren't super big into marriage and once most of them did get married it happened later in like their 30s and then they didn't want anything to do with wedding parties they just wanted it nice and simple
0: get married was reported at 27 and for me i guess that was what 29
1: i don't know for me it's Never.
0: Never. <laughs> first, first house is twenty nine, and that's never for me. Mm-hmm. Second child thirty one. Oh me, oh my! Oof. Thank God I dodged that bullet. Oof. So after that, <laughs> downer of an experience. Uh, the other thing I enjoyed was an article for the BBC by Sarah Harrison uh, that was called "The Tyranny of Life Milestones." And of course, the whole crux of this article was. Shut up about life milestones. They don't actually mean anything. And whatever you need to take care of, you're going to. But it did list a few, you know, kind of interesting things. And then a couple of things where it's like, well, yes, in other news, water is wet. Comparing millennials to previous generations. The age at which women first give birth has uh, consistently risen. uh, Usually after age 29. Home ownership rate, of course, has plummeted. Yep. Millennials are better educated. That is 40% in the U.S. have a bachelor's degree uh, compared to 25% of boomers.
1: Wow. That's a unfortunately, huge
0: change. Unfortunately, that also means that they enter the workforce later and with more debt.
1: Uh huh. That they can never discharge.
0: In 1966, 40% of women aged 22 to 37 were employed. That is employed at all. And in 2020, that was 72% of millennials.
1: Hmm. I'm actually surprised it isn't greater.
0: Sarah sums it up pretty nicely. So while life expectations seem fixed and finite, the truth is they're changing all the time, even if you may not think so. But, of course, let's remember why I got into that frame of mind in the first place, and it's because we had a classroom full of lives that don't get to experience any of that
1: fuck all of you who appreciate guns more than humans
0: picture the person for whom guns are more important than children
1: i mean that's never the way they would phrase it they would never be like oh we like guns more than children
0: but but they do given the option give up This is it. Like, would you rather see more children killed or give up guns? And the answer is they'd rather see more children killed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'd phrase it at, oh, it doesn't, that's not what causes a death. Guns don't kill people.
0: And as Eddie Izzard says, but I think the gun helps.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to ask for an uplifting thought.
1: (laughs) Well, I actually have one, but it seems kind of... I can tell a story about the cockatiel. Well,
0: let's hear a story about a cockatiel.
1: Okay. So, I was going to the post office, and I saw some crows harassing something yellow. (laughs) And so, I followed them on my bike, and I came to this bird ass over tea kettle or i guess tail feathers over tea (laughs) kettle with its long tail feathers sticking straight up in the asphalt and i came over and i was like oh i guess it's dead uh but it wasn't it wasn't totally dead it was a cockatiel bright yellow cockatiel and so i grabbed it with my i took my skirt off i was wearing leggings (laughs) underneath but i took my skirt off and i grabbed the cockatiel turns out they hiss look kind of like cats when they're threatened Uh, And then I stuffed it into a cloth bag and biked home with it under my arm and put it in a cat carrier because I had nothing (laughs) really else Um, and eventually found a place to take it that would check it over for injuries and then release it to the county animal shelter in the morning. And I looked at the update today and yes it has been turned over to the animal shelter and it is still alive and hopefully someone will say this is my bird that got lost and if not it will get adopted and so this cockatiel is very lucky that i happen to be putting a birthday present in the mail for my sister when i did
0: and had a skirt
1: and had a skirt
0: that is a good deed done